Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Wednesday, everyone. We are in the process of talking about ultimate gifts. We're talking about 12 gifts, commonplace gifts, gifts that we all have, but we don't recognize them as gifts. They are gifts given to us from God. And we have broken them into four categories. Gifts of perspective, which is the gift of laughter, dreams, and a day. The gifts of responsibility, work, money, and giving. And we've just finished talking about the gifts of growth. The gift of learning, gift of problems, the gift of gratitude. All of these are gifts that benefit our life if we understand what they are, unwrap them, and use them. Today we're going to move into the final category, and I've called them gifts of the heart. And there's three of them, and they are the gift of friends, the gift of family, and the gift of love. Now, I've called them gifts of the heart because these are gifts that touch us in the innermost part of our being. Lots of these gifts we've spoken of are on the periphery of our life, like laughter and uh, the gift of a day and the gift of work. These are very important gifts. But but this last category really gets down to our heart. And uh, so I've called them gifts of the heart. The first gift is the gift of friends. Friends are such a gift. When you have had the experience of having a good, close friend, you'll know what I'm speaking about. The gift of friends. The dictionary definition says that a friend is one in whom you have a feeling of affection and spend time. One in whom you confide. You know, God has made us social beings. We're not meant to live our life on our own. And sadly, some people feel alone even when they're in a crowd. It's because there's no one that they really connect with on a heart level. One who they could just share their heart with, they could confide in. Someone that there is a feeling of affection that flows both ways to each other. Friends. I believe everyone longs to have a friend. I looked in the Bible because it's our manual for living and it is so relevant to many areas of our life. And the Bible has a lot to say about friends. And so we're going to go and we're going to look at the different verses and see how it unwraps this gift of friends to us, how how we can gain friends, uh, maintain friends, uh, deepen our friendships. All of this is in the scripture. Now, as I did a search on the word friends in the Bible, I was surprised to find that the book that spoke the most about friends was the book of Job. Now, we all know about Job. He was the man that suffered horrendously in the Bible. I mean, he lost his possessions. He lost his home. He lost his family. And eventually, he lost his health. And all of this is in the first couple of chapters of the book of Job. But then it goes on for another 40 chapters. And what are those chapters about? 
It's about Job sitting down with his friends and discussing what's happened to him. His friends came to console him. Well, they hardly consoled him because most of the time they were blaming him and trying to discover what he had done wrong for all these hardships to come into his life. And uh, you don't need too many friends like that. But Job had three of them. And they came and they sat with him. And it's interesting, We, when we think about Job, we think about torment, we think about suffering. But I don't think that we realize that a lot of the suffering that Job went through was not just the loss of his possessions and family and, and so forth, but it was the tension between he and his friends. In fact, Job says in chapter 19 and verse 14, My relatives have failed, and my close friends have forgotten me. All my close friends abhor me. And those whom I love have turned against me. Part of the suffering that Job went through was the rejection of his friends and the condemnation of his friends as he went through this difficult time. I mean, they wanted to analyze him. They wanted to sit down and philosophically discuss these issues of life. And I tell you, when you're going through a hard time, the last thing that you want someone to do is to sit down and analyze with you how you've gone wrong and consider the reasons for your misfortune. But this is what Job experienced. Now, it's interesting. At the end of Job, when his fortunes turned and everything that he had lost was returned to him, that the turning point came when Job began to pray for his friends. Job 42 and verse 10 says, And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So, I'm not trying to draw anything deep and theological out of this reference to Job, but it's just interesting to me that friends have such an important role to play in this story of Job. That much of the book is the philosophical discussion between Job and his friends, and that he felt that they had condemned him and that they abhorred him and he felt separated from them. But even in the midst of that, as he prayed for them, that then his fortunes turned. And so I would just say that friends have much to do with our life. And they're much more important than we think. Friendship is an important thing. You know, we might think, well, the most important thing in my life is my, my spouse, my marriage partner, and the person that I love. And It's not my friends. And yet, after all the years I have pastored and all the th things that I have observed, I would say this, that the best marriage is when the couple are best friends. That is how important it is for marriage and for life in general. So, let's look at the scripture and see what it tells us about friendship because God has given us this gift. He's designed us to have it. And so what does the Bible say the guideline should be for us to enjoy it? Well, I would say the key verse is Proverbs 18 and verse 24. It says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Now, this is so simple and yet so many people miss it. I, I talk to a lot of people and they say, oh, I wish I had friends. I wish more people would call me. I want to go to a friendly church. I remember one person telling me that the town that they were in was unfriendly. As if the people in that town as a whole were more unfriendly than people in another town. I mean, it's crazy when you really start to think about it, but 
But it's amazing how many people feel this way, that my lack of having friends is because they have a problem. This verse is just the opposite. It says if you're going to have friends, you have to make yourself friendly. In other words, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And so the onus comes back on us, not pushing it off on others. Friendship is a two-way street. I mean, the road goes both ways. Someone says, well, no one calls me. Well, the thing is, the phone rings on both ends. I mean, you can call someone else. You don't have to wait for someone to call you. So we have to reach out. We have to be a certain kind of person in order to have friends. So let's see what the Bible says about friendship and how we should conduct ourselves and how we should be friendly. Well, the first thing I would say that the scripture says to us is that we must choose our friends carefully. Proverbs 12:26 says, "The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray." The Bible says that friendship is so important is such a vital part of our life, so powerful an influence upon us, that we should be very careful how we choose friends. Because friends do affect our life. It says here, they can lead us astray. Amos 3 and verse 3 says, Can two walk together unless they be agreed? If you're going to walk with someone, well, you have to agree on the destination. You have to agree on the route. You need to agree on the pace that you're walking. There, there are so many factors that come in when you're going to walk with someone. And the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? And it's the same in friendship. If you have a friend, you will adapt yourself to your friend in order to walk with him, to be with them. The destination, the goals that they have in their life will tend to become your goals. The places they go and the people they see will tend to be the places you go and the people that you see. And so it's very important that you choose your friends carefully. It says in Proverbs 22 and verse 24, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. There are certain kinds of people, the Bible says, don't be around that kind of person, especially in developing deep friendships. Don't have friendship with an angry man or with a furious man because you will learn to be like them. Now, I need to add that this is not just someone that may have an episode of anger. Uh, we all, I think, must admit that sometimes we get angry. And this is not saying that you just quickly judge someone and say, well, you know, they got angry, so I'm not, they're not going to be my friend. No, this is not someone that may have an episode of anger from time to time. But this is someone that's an angry man. I mean, this is deeper. This is down in the air of their soul. Because it says, if you're with them, it will set a snare for your soul. You see, friendship is at a soul level. True friendship. Now, now you can have lots of friends. In fact, sometimes we call acquaintances friends. And they are. There's different levels of friendship. But what the Bible's talking about here is a friend that's at the soul level, at the heart level. Someone that you are walking life with. It says, be very careful how you choose that kind of friend. I mean, 
we all are to reach out to people from every aspect of life. I mean, Jesus was a friend of sinners. As Christians, we need to be able to relate and have friends of many people that are non-Christians. But that's a different kind of friendship than what it's mentioned here. Here we're talking about heart friends. And, you know, you're fortunate if you have two or three of these friends in your lifetime. This kind of friend you need to choose very, very carefully because they can be a snare for your soul. Now, if this is true of someone that is angry, it's also true of other categories. I would say make no friendship with an immoral person. Someone at the core of their being, they're lustful, they're immoral. I would say make no friendship with a dishonest person. Someone that has no integrity. Someone that lies and cheats easily. I tell you, if you walk with that person in friendship, you're going to end up at the same destination. You don't want that. So choose your friends carefully. Well, I see that we're running out of time and we're just beginning this topic of friends. We'll continue tomorrow. Don't miss it. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. Please join us this Sunday for one of our worship services, online at 1030 or in person at 8, 930 and 1130. Please register online as we are limited to 15% capacity. Go to our website at kwcf.org to check out all the details. We are living through difficult times right now, but the Bible tells us to cast all our care on Him, for He cares for us. So till next time, let God keep your life in balance.